Welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's up? And uh, we are here to talk about discernment. And we were talking about discernment a little bit right before we hit record on this. We were, we were. And I think you you need a, you, you have to, you have an announcement to state to everybody about a, a new car purchase that we should talk about a little bit. Well, it doesn't plug in. Let me just say that. It does but... not plug in. What? But it is a hybrid. Oh, man. You went halfway. It, but I've still got half my man car because I've still got an There's engine no ha- in the vehicle. Can you have half of a visa? Does that work if you swipe it? I mean... And have half of it? I look, don't think so. I think once you cut it in half, then it's done. You've already converted. Look, man. So you should just come on over. I, I, know, I know I inspired you. No. I know I inspired you. But just come all the way over. No. I, I, I have a new car. It's a hybrid Corolla, and I love it, and it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, you probably drive it. But we were talking about uh, having that new car experience and where you just want you just want to go places in it. Yeah. You're like, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go do that. Yeah. It's like, babe, what, what did you say? You, you need a paper clip? You know what? I'll go to the store and buy a box of 500. Let me go to Costco. Let's Costco, not even look I think around they the sells house. like 7,000 in, yeah. a, in a, a package. Yeah, because yeah. I need to drive my car. And I'm yeah. not going to go to Costco that's close to me. I probably need to go to the one that's 10 miles away just right. so I at least well, get check some time prices. in the car. I hear they have different prices at different Costco's. So let me Should shop around for a little while. Go to both. Right. And just right. leave you at home with all the kids. Yeah. But you <laughs> like driving your car and you want to take care of your car and it's a new car and you're excited about that. But Kellen, you told me that you had to vacuum your car recently. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, how do you already have to vacuum your new car? What in the world? And then you, uh, you admitted to it. You yeah. said that you, what did you do, Kellen? I let my kids have, I think it was chips or something. Unacceptable. Hey man, you know what? It's, it depends on what you let them have. Cause it, it when, they, no, it, it does not. It does. I'm not going to no. give them, I'm not going to give them a drink, anything that stains, but you know, Sometimes when you get the kids and they're all hyped up and they're amped up in your car, and you give them something to sort of chips have grease. Grease leaves smudges on things that are not supposed to be smudged. I won't even let my wife eat in my new car. What kind of chips are your kids eating? They have so much grease. Lay's the good chips, the chips with flavor. We're not eating this baked junk in my family. (laughs) Give me the deep fried stuff. I won't let my wife eat in my car. She had to bring dinner with her somewhere last night, and like. I had her package it up in, in this thermos thing so that it, it wouldn't even make the smell in my yeah. car. So meanwhile, right? she's starving, about to pass out. No, no, no she like, was able to eat, just not in my car. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all that to say, Kellen lacks some discernment in how he uh, he lets hey, my, his family cars in pristine be in his it'll, car. It'll stay there. But there was one other thing we were talking about is like this car purchasing and uh, my lease is coming up on my wife's vehicle and... Uh, trying to convert her, speaking of converting, to get a van. Like, and I'm okay with it, I guess, because I'm not the primary driver. But she, you know, we have three kids, and yeah, Lord willing, may have more, and we need to be able to have that space. And so I'm trying to get her to think about a van. And you made a comment to say, just have her go test drive. Right, and it changes everything. Right, right. Oh, for sure. And so I, I think that's the next thing. But it. it reminds us of what we're talking about here is like sometimes you got to you know be able to say let me see what the other side is all about let me go 
sit in the driver's seat of something I've never done before. Maybe I might like it. Maybe I might agree. Maybe at least I can speak from, uh, you know, personal experience of saying like, okay, I've heard it. I've experienced it. Now I can make a, a formidable decision as opposed to just saying, hey, I'd never do it. Dude, that was a masterful transition. See, I yeah. did not even see that coming. And, I, and now here we are. I just, That's brilliant. You take it from there. I'm going to go take a break. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm contributed. No, but yeah, I mean, last week we talked about how do you disagree well um, with a brother when it's not a doctrinal matter. We don't want to separate. We don't want to divide the church. We don't want to break off friendships because we happen to disagree on something that the Bible is not... Uh, thus says the Lord on. And now this week we want to talk about how can we, how can we engage with their point of view? How can we engage? Maybe it's not even somebody that we know. Maybe it's just an opposing view out there that we come across in a blog or a podcast or uh, an article. How can we engage and be discerning in, uh, in how we approach that? So uh, the first thing that we want to suggest to you and encourage you, and again, this is all, uh, we're taking these things from uh, not quoting verbatim or, or using uh, his his stuff, but but just some of his ideas here from Kevin DeYoung's article called "Come Let Us Reason Together" that was on the Gospel Coalition last week. Uh, but one of the the suggestions there is read widely, read widely. In other words, don't just stack your bookshelf with people that are telling you things that you already know and agreeing with the views that you already have. That's not going to really do much for you. That's not going to challenge you, edify you, stretch you, broaden your horizons, get you to think differently. Thinking about what books are on your bookshelf right now, ask yourself the question, are these books that I already know what they say and I already agree with everything that they've written in there? And if so, then maybe it's time to, to broaden that a little bit and, and to see what else might be out there. So Kellen, what are some ways when we run into somebody and we've got maybe a disagreement, we've got conflict, how can we broaden our, our horizons with what we're reading um, in those situations, in those contexts? The first thing is asking them where they're getting their information. And so understanding their their sources of information and being willing to read them. Uh, I think oftentimes we get a little uh, hesitant to read the opposing view because it's like, well, I don't want, I don't even want to hear it because maybe I might agree or, um, you know, maybe it might be a waste of time. But if really we want to truly love people and understand where they're coming from and seek to uh, aim at having peace uh, in these uh, conversations that we're having with somebody that might have an opposing view. It's it's very wise of us to understand fully that side and be able to pick up a book and skim through it. And honestly, you might pick up a few nuggets out of that book that's going to help. It could help strengthen your argument of why you feel convicted about a certain way, right? Or it could actually poke holes in. Uh, what you're standing for that you feel like, again, we're not talking about necessarily biblical things. We're talking about these gray areas. What you, you're you so convicted about that might have some some gaps there that n- cause you to go ask some more questions or do some more research too. So I think we, as, especially as Christian men, need to be able to say, okay, I'll, I'll hear you out. I might even skim through another book or listen to a, a podcast that you heard just so I can know where you're coming from and right. speak to it with more wisdom and intelligence. Right, and that's that's it right there. If we need, if men, if we want to have integrity on a, a position that we hold, we need to actually know the opposing position, and not just know them through the lenses of people that hold our position, but know them through the 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 lenses of those that believe that, that own that, that hold that themselves. Again, we're not talking about doctrinal things. We're not talking about cult cults and world religions and things like that out there, and go immerse yourselves in the Quran and study Islamic. Tea. We're not talking about that. We're talking about 
a difference of opinion that's that's a not a doctrinal issue. That's a, a, a tertiary or a secondary issue um, that it, it, the Bible doesn't give a clear directive on. And I think a lot of times we're afraid to read an opposing view because we're because of one of, of of two things. We're afraid we might not be able to respond to the the mm-hmm. challenges that they provide, and that, like you were saying, Kellen, it might poke holes in our argument. And what do we do then if we can't respond? Then we might be shown that we're wrong. And number two, I think we're afraid to change our mind mm. and uh, and be willing to change our mind on something. To have such a a, a white knuckle grip on something that if the Bible doesn't say this is of primary import and you need to hold fast to this and never loosen your grip on this, we need to at least be willing to consider the other angle on something and be willing to to, to wonder, okay, maybe I need to just readjust my grip. Maybe not change it, maybe not let go, but just readjust a little bit. And reading an opposing viewpoint is helpful on that. So yeah, ask the people that disagree with you, hey, where are you getting your your information from? What are you reading? Because I'd love to know what you're reading. We Maybe we can even meet and discuss it and talk about it. Yeah, and one more thing I'll just add to that is like, we expect them to to read what we're reading and understand what we're doing. And like, if, right. think about you and if you're in their position, it's like, why would I? You're not even going to take the time to read five minutes of what I'm telling you. Why would I do that? And so right. it just ends up in an argument that never gets settled when we're not willing to at least say, okay, I'll, I'll listen. Right, right, exactly. Second thing is, and, and this goes to what you just said, that last word, listen, and, and that is to to listen to people who know you and love you most. Uh, if you have disagreements with somebody that you know has your six, that you know cares about you, loves you, um, is not out for your harm, but is is has in mind that the, the, you're good, then listen to them at least, hear them out, and, and give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not out there to you know to to fleece you or out there to um, uh, to pervert you or or change your mind on something that is is of utmost importance. Yeah, and this happens way too often in the church. Uh, I mean, we talked about this before on a previous episode. It's like seminary students. Like you read a book that has a slightly different view than maybe what your your pastor is teaching at your church, and it's like, oh man, I agree with this author so much more than you, who is always have my back, who's always supported me, right. who's always cared for right. me my entire life. I don't even know this author, but man, like I, I'm I'm done with your teaching now. Right. right. And it, it sounds silly, but we oftentimes do that. We get we get on this high after reading a book or here in a podcast and it's like instead of going back to the people that love and care for us most and saying look I I read this uh, and I think it sort of conflicts with what you've taught like can we talk through this can you help me with this we're just like I'm out they they don't care about me this author that I don't know cares about me more and so yeah it's it's about trusting the people that have shown that they care right because you know people that write books their whole mo or ones that point to a certain side, they want you to come on their side. So they're going to, it's like sales. They're going to do whatever they can to get you all hyped up and feel like your point of view is wrong. And people that have cared for you are really against you. And they're just trying to uh, get you on their side. Uh, And we just have to be smarter than that and have more wisdom and say, okay, this person cares for me. Let me at least have the, the courtesy to say, there's a difference here. Can you explain? Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so often when people leave, they leave for dumb reasons, right? It's like, well, I read this author and he found a ninth dispensation in the history of Israel and you only teach that there's seven. So I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Yeah. Thanks for all the counseling and all the love and concern and care for my souls that you provided for the last 10 or 15 years, but I'm leaving. I'm gone, right? I I can't remember who it was that said it. Maybe it was Sproul, but it was like, if you find a brand new argument, the best thing to do is run. Run. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Run away. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, Solomon said something in Ecclesiastes about yeah. new things. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the the third thing, kind of as you're you're thinking about, okay, how do I how do I exercise discernment in considering views that are different than the views that I have? Because again, that's what we're talking about here is to look at the fruit of the life of the person that you're disagreeing with. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the, their life. And, and if you're, you're dealing with another believer, another Christian, then, then examine and see, is there fruit in their life? Are they walking with the Lord? Are they exercising discernment in other areas of their life? Are they you know, passionate about their relationship with Christ? Um, and not to say that if, if they check all those boxes, then you need to, to believe what they believe. But it, it is at least to say, look, if they check those boxes, then you need to, to, to consider what they're saying and, uh, and give thought to it at least. So... Um, yeah, I, I, we could say more about that, but but let's run through, uh, Kellen. Let's let's talk about rather um, some ways to to diagnose sources out there because maybe now we're shifting gears away from somebody that we uh, know that has come to us that we disagree with, but but now we're talking about somebody that maybe we don't know. Maybe it's a blog article that we've read. Maybe it's um, you know maybe it's a. a uh, a podcast that we listen to and we, we come across an argument and we say, man, I, I've never heard that or, or that's different than what I know. And we're not sure how to respond or how to, to, uh, to wrestle with that. So here's some, some questions. Again, these are from DeYoung and I think they're helpful uh, for us. Again, the blog article is called Come Let Us Reason Gospel Coalition, Kevin DeYoung. First one is, uh, can the person that you are listening to, can they fairly state the argument that they're arguing against? Mm-hmm. In other words, if there's two sides to the equation, can this person that, they, that is arguing so passionately for their side, can, can they give you the other side as well and do it in a way that's not a straw man and do it in a way that, that gives the other, shot a, the other side a, a chance uh, to say, look, they've got good views on this side, but this is the side that I hold and here's why I hold this side. But hey, this is what this other side teaches. Yeah, and that's a good thing to look for um, as you're reading through and um, have they have they gave the other side a chance or said, here's a, here's a book uh, that the other, the other side, whatever it is, they will oftentimes read and here's some good arguments that they will make. But this is, like you said, this is why I still hold firm to my decision. That's, that's always a, a healthy thing to look for. Right. Um, and, or even if you're having conversations with somebody, just being able to ask the question of like, Hey, what, what about the other view? Like, what do they normally say? Like, right. what have you researched on them on that side of it to, allow you to have the conviction that you have for your side. And oftentimes, if you're having conversations with people, they're like, well, I, I don't spend the time to read the other side because they're wrong. It's like, okay, then we need to also have discernment on how much we take from them right. when they haven't even taken the opportunity to read. Right, because if this is not a black and white scriptural issue, then chances are the other side is going to have at least some points to consider mm-hmm. that can help us and, and cause us to ponder and, and think. I mean, if we're in a debate with somebody that's like, well, I think murder is good, and somebody else is saying, well, I think murder is bad. We don't need the good points on why murder is okay because the Bible is pretty clear on that, sure. right? I mean, yeah. we can just stop that conversation and say, we're not going to talk about yeah. this. But on some other issues, it's, it's, it's worth, uh, for instance, the, the view of the millennial kingdom. Now, I've got my view and you've got your view, Kellen. We've got a view here at the church that we feel is, is biblical and right and good and supported by scriptural evidence. But we need to listen to the other side and be able sure. to explain the other positions as well and be able to engage in an intellectual manner with that. This next one, and I love this one. I love, this is my favorite one. 
does the person I'm listening to seem unhinged and unstable? <laughs> and man, is that relevant in yeah. today's society where anyone can have a podcast? Because they gave us one, right? right? Yeah, I know. Why would they do that? So, <laughs> man, if, if we can have a podcast, whoever you're listening to, don't don't put too much weight in the fact that they're on iTunes and have a podcast because we're here to tell you um, yeah. it doesn't take a whole lot. It, it, it doesn't at yeah. all. And yeah. The unstable piece of it is you'll you'll sense this within the first ten seconds. Like it's one of those situations where if you bring up um, just the topic, it they go on for thirty minutes without you saying a word. Right. Uh, and I love it when people are like, you know, I, I don't mean to get on the soapbox. Like, well, yeah, you did. Yeah. We're thirty minutes into this, of course you did. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when they seem to be just unstable about the conversation again, uh, I, I think the the good thing to do, the wise thing to do, even in these conversations is, again, listen, but know that, that there's another side to this, that there's somebody out there that feels just as passionate about the other side. And, and even thinking about uh, the internet nowadays, right? and the internet is going to feed you information that you search for, that you research, that typically that aligns with what you're thinking. And so- Or what that, somebody else is thinking that they want you to Or think. they want, or that too. But that, and that's what gets Conspiracy people so- Conspiracy oh, Here you go, here you go. This, that's what gets people so convicted because everything that they type in, they're like, see, somebody else agrees, see? And it's like, you know, these people can be unstable and get so adamant and, and argumentative right. about a side. Um, right, the 27-year-old in his mom's basement agrees with you. Congratulations, you yeah. found somebody, right? Right. Yeah, uh, either, yeah, listen to him or don't. Turn it off, put yeah. the book down. If, if this is somebody that, and so often, guys, this is, these are the people that argue using hyperbolic statements. Sure. You know, they'll use never, always, every time, outrageous, absurd. I can't imagine. I can't believe no one should ever. If, if the guy is yelling at you through your podcast speakers, turn him off. Just, flag, go yeah. find somebody else and, and listen to somebody else. Um, if they're using, you know, if they're, they're full of, they, if they can't just have a conversation without emotion, right. if they can't have a conversation without attacking uh, personally the other people that hold to the other positions, get rid of them. Turn them off. They're not worth your time. Find somebody else that's going to use a, a, a modicum of intelligence, which was just an ad hominem attack that I just threw at the <laughs> fake person that I'm holding up here. Um, that's going to just be able to reason with you yeah. and not have to use emotion and and come across as unhinged. Because so often when that happens is because they don't have the support that they really want in their argument. So when we don't have the support, what do we do? We yell, yeah. right? That's like sermon prep. When you're you're in seminary, they teach you, if you've got a weak point, yell louder when you've got the weak point <laughs> because it's going to help it, right? People are going to think, oh man, this is so true because look, he's he's raised his voice, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Kellen, how about the the next one there that you uh you grabbed? Yeah, this one is does does this person have any credentials or experience that would make him worth listening to? And again, this is one I, I mentioned it a little earlier, but uh, like our, our pastors at um your local church, just knowing that, you know, there's been time, there's been investment, there's been study, there's been uh, just collaboration on certain things, whether it be, you know, how the church is being ran or how they're approaching situations with like COVID going on right now. These things aren't just pulled out of you know one person's pocket and saying, hey, this is what we're going to do for the entire church. And so uh, being able to look at it and say, all right, I trust this person. Like th- It's not their first time doing it. It's not their ex- first time uh, making a decision um, of this magnitude. And, and I know that they've done their their research and their due diligence. And whatever, whatever the the topic is, whomever that person you're listening to, just 
check to check their background, check their experience, and check how they've handled themselves in previous conversations, uh, and allow that to to test your discernment on how much you you give them as far as like a listening ear, uh, right. and how much you take from them. So that's important piece of it. Of and the same thing I talked about before is like just reading a book or hearing a podcast and saying like I believe their side. Well, if you don't know that person, do some research before you just fully right. take their side and not even know who they are, where they're coming from. Because it could be a 27 year old kid in his mom's in basement. basement recording this podcast that, that has all the that's time in the world changing yeah. your life right now, right? <laughs> Yeah, this next one, again, it, it makes me laugh, kind of like the um, unhinged and unstable because these two so often go together. But uh, it says this, does the argument that's being made require a level of highly elaborate clandestine scheming such that only the most disciplined, organized, and intelligent people in the world could pull it off, right? I mean, if you're buying into somebody that is, their conspiracy theories are running five and six and seven layers deep yeah. and not even like the most intricate Hollywood director and writer could ever fathom such a, a plan chances are you should probably listen yeah. to somebody else get right <laughs> yeah if, if you're living in the world of conspiracy theorists let's let's get out of there right yeah because here's the reality men even if the conspiracy theories are true okay yeah what, what do you want to do all right what do you want to do are we going to call paul revere and get him uh to to go run through the streets of wherever saying hey the uh, whoever is coming and we need to, to take up arms no what, we talked about this before like even if the conspiracy theories are true, God's still on his throne and he still wants you to be a faithful Christian man. So get busy doing that and get off the 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 nonsense. Let's just move past it, right? Um yeah, let's let's keep going yeah. on this. Um I think yeah. my my favorite one on, on this list is similar to the uh the unhinged and unstable, but it says, Is this person a jerk on Twitter? Constantly self-congratulatory on Twitter seeking victim status on Twitter, or otherwise living online in a way that seems to be imbalanced. And so just talking about, you, and you know those people that are on social media that, you know, they, on social media, they seem to be the most um, this opinionated person and they got facts on facts on everything and they're right. And it's funny because like you, you meet them in person and they can't even string a sentence together because they're like this introverted person that doesn't like right. to talk, but they become this big, bold personality that knows everything on Twitter. And again, that's something that, that, that says a lot. Right. If, if it takes you to be bold, in order for you to be bold, you have to be behind the screen, sort of tucked away behind this image of somebody else that you're you're wanting to be, but yet you can't have that same conviction in, in person or you can't have that type of conversation with somebody in person. That that's a red flag there. And right. we see that way too often. Um or they throw things out like, hey, if you think kicking puppies is wrong, give my account a follow. And it's like, well, <laughs> well, I do that? think kicking puppies is wrong. <laughs> I should follow this guy, right? Right? It's right. like it's absurd. I've I've seen some Christian leaders out there that are like, if you think the Bible is important, you should give this tweet a like. like pass, right? Yeah. Like I do think it's important, but I but you you're stop not it. My like like that's that the self congratulatory kind of shameless plug for for them or whatever. But yeah, I mean the goal with all this, right, Kellen, is is we want to be more discerning and more unified as Christian brothers mm -hmm. and. And that's kind of our goal, like uh, that, that the, the way that DeYoung kind of lands the plane on this whole article there, right? He's, he says he wants us to be able to think carefully and, and, and engage with those who think differently than we do. Um, and, and these are not, again, men, let me stress, let me emphasize, we're not talking that we're willing to compromise on doctrinal matters. 
we're not talking, we, we need to be willing to bend when the Bible says, thus says the Lord. That's not what we're dealing with. We're dealing with matters that are, again, uh, some of the, maybe some of the gray areas of life or just some of the matters that aren't uh, clearly addressed by scripture. And, and you may have a disagreement with somebody else over this matter. How do you engage with them? How do you talk with them? How do you do this in a way that is going to maintain unity and at the same time exercise discernment? Uh, so, Men, hopefully last week and this week, these two episodes have been helpful for you. Uh, it's been fun for us to record them, and uh, we look forward to being back with you again next time for another episode of Quality Manhood. Quality Manhood.